You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Man, I'm so excited to be here. It's been a, been a hot minute uh, since I've been here. It was like in February. I think I was here last. And uh, last time I was here, there was tables. And you guys are growing, which is a good thing, right? Um, and so now you guys are in chairs, and it's incredible. Uh, I believe God's put a, a good word on my heart for the season that we're in. And uh, uh, before I get to that, though, real quickly, I know your pastor's going to be listening to this message. Can you guys give it up for your pastor real quick? Now, I know you guys can be a little better than that. He's your pastor. He loves you guys. Give it up for your pastor. I've known Pastor Dan for a long time, and guys, you guys are so blessed. You guys are so, um, it's, it's such a blessing to have a man like him, uh, a pastor who listens to the Holy Spirit, who speaks nothing but truth that comes from God's word, and he loves you guys so much. He is an incredible man of God. He's one of my best friends, and I'm so glad that I get to give him the weekend off. So, um, real quickly, uh, I know you, we kind of talked about this at the beginning, but if you are a volunteer at any capacity here at Abide, can you do me a favor and stand up? If you serve in any way. Can you guys give it up for these people? Man. Okay, you guys can have a seat. Now, raise your hand if you serve in kids' ministry. Wow, that's awesome. So awesome. Guys, I come from kids' ministry. That's, that's who I am. I'm, I'm the elementary pastor at our church in, uh, in Edmond. And guys, kids is my passion. It is my purpose. I was created for kids ministry. Um, and I love people who serve in kids because they get, they get it. And what is serving in kids? Guys, it's the next generation back there. That's our, that's our next leaders. That's our next politicians. Those are the next people making decisions. And they're in that room back there. And people who serve in kids ministry, they get that. I'm not saying people who don't, but I'm just kind of, I have my heart towards people who serve in kids because, guys, serving the kids is, is not the easiest, but it's the most important to me. Um, so let's pray real quick before we get started. God, thank you so much for today. Holy Spirit, I invite you in. I can't do this without you. God, help, uh, help my words to come clear and kind. Um, let this uh, be a message that helps and challenges others, just like it's challenged me. And so, God, I thank you for what you're about to do today. In Jesus' name, everybody said... All right, so why I'm here today, uh, I'm going to be looking at my notes because uh, I was actually going through it last night and God put something else on my heart. And I was like, God, I have my message prepped. It's ready to go. And that's not how God works sometimes, right? He kind of changes things up on you, but you got to listen and obey. So why I'm here today is because I believe God has put something on my heart uh, that's important. That's something that uh, I've been working on and it's okay to work on. Uh, It's prayer today. Um, I know you guys have been talking about prayer uh, with Pastor Dan. But I'm going to go in a way that I haven't gone before. And today I'm going to talk about uh, standing in the gap. Uh, I know I had a different prayer that heals. That's, that's what we're going to talk about today. But how do we pray for healing? We've got to stand in the gap. Now I'm not here to talk about my jeans, even though they're from Gap. I love Gap. They're super comfortable, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today, okay? I'm talking about the gap that keeps us from receiving what God has promised us. Uh, the thing that helps us stand in the gap is Prayer. Everyone say prayer. prayer. Guys, prayer is important. It's probably the most important thing that you can do to have a relationship with God. It is the most important thing. So here's uh, what God gave me, put in my heart last night. 
And I don't have a slide for you because, again, it came last night. So it's Ezekiel 22.30. If you have your Bible, you can open there or you can write down Ezekiel 22.30. God says this, I searched for a man among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap. Everyone say gap. Before me on my behalf of the land so that I might not destroy it. But here's what he says, but I found no one. In Ezekiel 22, is prophet Ezekiel, he's talking here. And people of Israel, guys, they are, they are lost. They are broken. The leaders in, the, in, the, in Israel, the, the priests, they are preaching and, and teaching the wrong thing. They don't even know what is holy and what is not holy. So, guys, they have lost their way. And God says that he's looking for someone to stand in the gap. That he's looking for one person that has a prayer life, that, has, that knows God, and he can't find one. So God's prayer is pretty important. And God's ready, uh, and it says that God's ready to send a fiery um, wrath because there's so much uncleanness there. So here in Ezekiel 22, 30, we see that God's looking for one man, just one, who has a, a relationship with God, but he can't find any. I love how David Guzik uh, says this. He says, the man God sought was not only a builder, but just as importantly was a man of prayer. Like Abraham, like Moses, like David, God looked for one who would, through prayer, stand in the gap between a holy God and his disobedient, rebellious, profane people. This man would fight and hopefully rescue God's people in prayer. But here's the tragedy. He couldn't find one in all of Israel. So guys, Today, we got, we got to be the people who are standing in the gap. We got to be the people who want to pray that God can go, that's the person right there. Now, fortunately for us, God gave us the ultimate person to stand in our gap, which is Jesus, right? That's the good news today. Jesus stands in the gap for us. He, he, he talks to God for us. That's the good news. But where are two things that keep us from praying? Two things that came to mind. One is pride. This is a big one. This is saying, God, I don't need you right now. Everything in my life is good. That uh, my, my life is going great. Um, I only pray to you when I need something, when I want something, or when something like a big tragedy happens, then I'll pray to you. That's pride. The second one is shame. I think we've all been here. We've messed up. We sinned, and we go to God, and we're like, oh, God saw me mess up. I can't talk to him right now because he's so mad at me. He hates me for what I've done. That is shame. These are two things that the enemy loves to use to keep us from praying. He doesn't want you to pray to God. Why? Because praying is a relationship, relationship with God. Um, so don't be prideful. Don't be shameful. We should be so consumed with prayer in our lives, so much so that we pray like our land depends on it. Guys, it's like in Ezekiel saying, he wants, God's going to destroy the land because there's no one to pray for it. So we have to pray like our land depends on it, like our lives depend on it. Now, if there's a gap, that means that there's something on solid on both sides. That's the good news. There's something from here, and there's a gap, and there's something on the other side. So it keeps us from being where we are to being where we want to be. You guys tracking with me this morning? Okay. If you want to be a better follower of Jesus, you get there by knowing who Jesus is. Who shows you that? The Holy Spirit. God shows you that. How does he show you that? Through prayer. You want to know what the next decision to make in your career is? You have to pray. You want healing to come for your body or for someone else's body? You have to pray. Prayer should be the most consistent 
thing in your life. I'll say it again so you can write that down. Prayer should be the most consistent thing in your life. Prayer should be, should be uh, sometimes you listening. We got a lot of people who like to talk. Okay, I know a lot of people who could talk my ear off for hours and hours and hours. And there's sometimes God, where God wants you to pray. He wants you to talk to him. But there's other times where he just needs you to be quiet. He's, guys, it's God that you're talking to. He's all, he's all knowledge. He knows everything. You think he's got some things to share with you? After all, he's the one who has the purpose and plan for your life, right? So sometimes we got to, pardon my French, we got to shut up. He wants us because he's got a lot to say to us. Our pastor, uh, our youth pastor was talking to the youth about prayer uh, this past month. And last week he said something that I was like, wow, never heard it like this. But he says that prayer is communicating with God, not to God. Two different words, two different means, with God and to God. With means that there's a back and forth. To God, uh, how I took it is like when you preach, when you uh, pray to God, it's like you're leaving a voicemail to God. I want you guys, but I don't like voicemails. There's only two people I listen to voicemails from. That's my wife and my mom. Okay? And she knows if I didn't listen to that voicemail. They both do. But God doesn't like voicemails. Why? Because he wants to talk back to you. You guys ever left a voicemail for God before? I have. And I'm wondering why he didn't call back because I just left a voicemail for him. He wants a, a communication with you. He wants to talk to you on the phone. There's times you talk to him and he listens. God's a good listener. He loves to listen, but there's times where you need to be quiet and listen to him. All right. So today, uh, we're talking about the gaps. We got to stand in the gap. Well, in order to stand in a gap, you have to stand on something, right? So today, I'm going to talk about the bridge. Everyone say the bridge. Right? There's a bridge we have to build. That bridge is going to represent our prayer life. What's your prayer life look like? Well, I brought some images because here's the thing. I'm a children's pastor, and they work really well when I show them pictures, so... Hopefully this helps for you guys today. Okay, so here's the first bridge. We all know this bridge, this Golden Gate Bridge. It's a pretty strong bridge, right? I don't know the exact, like, when it was made. I know it was a long time ago, but it's still around today. And the only time I've seen this bridge destroyed is on movies, okay? This bridge is a strong bridge. So this bridge represents people who have a strong prayer life, people who are constant in prayer. They know Jesus. They know God. Why? Because they have a constant back and forth with him. They are not afraid to go and pray for people. They're not even afraid to get prayed for. They welcome it. These are the people who have a strong prayer life. Your pastor, yeah, guarantee you he has a strong prayer life like this. This is what I'm working to. I'm not perfect. I'm working to this, to this bridge, and it's okay to be working on this bridge. Let's show them the next one. All right, so I call this a bridge because it's taken from where he was, where he wants to be. I don't know the name of this guy. I think it's French or something. But he walked from the Twin Towers. It's crazy. Guy's nuts. But I don't know about you guys, but I'm not getting on that bridge. I'm not walking across that bridge. Does that look like a strong bridge? No. It looks like at any moment I can fall off. This bridge is for people who don't have a strong prayer life. People who don't talk to God on a normal basis. That they won't even go and pray for somebody when God tells them to. That they, are, they shy away from people praying for them. This is not the prayer life we're supposed to have, guys. Don't have this prayer life. And then the next one is this. A bridge that's under construction, okay? I'm here. A lot of us, I think we can say we're here. And that's okay to be here because you're working on your bridge. You're working on your prayer life. 
These are people who are, they're, they're learning how to talk to God. They're learning how to listen to God. They're learning how to pray, how to be consistent with prayer. That, that it might be a little uncomfortable to go pray for somebody, but guess what? If that's what God's calling you to do, I'm going to go do it. So it's okay to be at this bridge. I think we can all relate to one of these, right? We all have a prayer life that looks like one of these. But here's the good news. God gives you another bridge. We should all have a bridge like this. This bridge, they represent like how we talk, like how I'm talking to you guys in my English, right? If you speak Spanish, you speak Spanish. And when you pray, whatever your native tongue looks like, that's the, this bridge represents. But there's one more bridge that we need to learn how to pray in, and that's this bridge. Now, both these bridges are in New York, but both these bridges end up connecting one point, Okay? Jesus came, and when he left, he gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon the apostles like a rushing wind, and he gave them their prayer language. Guys, the prayer language is, is just as important as your regular language. You need both. You need both. But guess what? Here's the good thing, is they both take you to the same place. They take you to the throne of Jesus, to the kingdom that's the good news. Guys, there's sometimes I'm on the other bridge, and I'm building that bridge up, and I don't know, I, I'm praying for something specific in my life, but then there's times I don't know what to pray for, so I go to my prayer language. And I'm, here's what I tell my kids all the time. I tell them it's a perfect prayer. You can't mess it up. And here's the good thing. The enemy has no idea what you're talking about, but God knows. So we need both these bridges. Both these bridges lead to the same place. So what's your bridge look like? I got four points I want to talk to you guys today on how we pray for healing. That's what we're talking about today is how we, how we bridge the gap, how we stand in the gap for healing. Some of you guys, what it looks like is some of you guys are praying for other people who don't have a prayer life. That's important. For the longest time, guys, I didn't have a prayer life. You know what I had? I had borrowed faith. Who did I get that borrowed faith from? My parents. I lived on borrowed faith. I didn't have my own faith, but they, stayed in, they stood in the gap for me. They prayed for me. Some of you guys know people who are far from God today. They don't know Jesus like you and I know Jesus. So just stand in that gap for them. Keep praying. What did Jesus come to heal? Three things. He came to heal our physical bodies, our minds, and our souls. He came to heal those three things. A third of, of Jesus' ministry, guys, was healing. Jesus, or God knew we were going to need healing, didn't he? That's why he sent Jesus. I, I thank God every day that I, when I need healing, I don't have to go and get whipped on my back. That I don't have to go uh, endure something so torturous that I have to receive healing. Jesus already did that for me. It's already paid for, guys. That's the good news. You guys should all be smiling and say, thank you, Jesus. That's a good thing, guys. But he came to heal our minds as well. We have a lot of mental uh, illnesses. A lot of people dealing with anxiety and fear. That comes from the mind. Jesus came to heal that. And he came to ultimately heal our souls so we could be one day in heaven with him. You guys following me? Okay. So we need healing. God knew that. He sent Jesus. The Bible has a lot of, a lot of, a lot of scriptures about Jesus healing uh, people's bodies, heal, uh, casting out demons, and ultimately playing the ultimate prize of healing our souls. Here's the verse I want you guys to write down. This is the verse we're going to be saying with today. It's 2 Chronicles 
I'm going to read it to you guys. It says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will give, uh, forgive their sins and restore their land. We're breaking down this verse today. So I, like I said, I have four points. Here's the point number one. Humility is the first step in praying for healing. We've got to humble ourselves. I like David Guzik. If you guys don't know him, you should look him up. He's incredible. Incredible way he breaks down the message. But here it is. David Guzik said it like this. There's something naturally humble in true prayer because it recognizes that the answers are not in self. They are in God. God promises something special to humble praying people. How many of you guys want to be a humble praying person today? This is the first step. It's, it's laid out right here. Very simple and plain. We have to be humble. Uh, Jesus even humbled himself, which he's our greatest example. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, I'm going to read from the Message Bible. It says, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. He was incredibly humbling. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death, a crucifixion. Jesus was in heaven, and he said, oh, they need saving. I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to save them. That's a true act of humbleness right there. So how do we become humble for God? I got six things. There's a lot of ways we can become humble, but I got six things I thought stood out to me the most. Um, number one is this. Confess your sin to God the moment you realize it. Ooh, it got quiet. That's a big one, guys. I've struggled with this. I think we've all struggled with it, right? As soon as we sin, we know that we've sinned, but we're like, oh, you know what? I can't take that to God yet. I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to stew on it, and then I'll talk to him when I'm good and ready. No. To become humble, you have to confess it the moment you realize it, which is pretty much soon after. Uh, number two is forgive quickly. Am I preaching to anybody today? You got to forgive quickly. You guys ever been wrong before? Everyone ever done something to you that you're like, man, I don't like that person anymore. Guess what? To become humble, you have to forgive them. Number three is serving others without expecting to be served. Uh, serving others without expecting to be served. Number four, accepting criticism and correction graciously. This is when your boss comes to you and say, hey, I've seen that you've been slacking in this area. This is where I want you to grow. And instead of you going, he don't know what he's talking about. How, how dare he come to me? Does he know who I am? No, you, you, this is how you approach it. God, thank you so much for sending me a man who would come and tell me that I need to correct this. When Jesus tells you to change how you're living life and how to switch it over and change a life after him, that's when you go, I need to do that. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me so much that you will correct me, accepting criticism. Number five, uh, we say this uh, in our kids' ministry, but fighting for the bottom while not uh, when no one's looking to give you praise. What's this look like? Stacking chairs. It's a good church one. Um, serving in kids' ministry. Um, that's just because I'm partial to kids' ministry. Um, doing things for other people without looking for praise. 
without people going, hey, I saw you out there in the parking lot while it was pouring down rain. Man, you're so good at that. Like how you welcome people. I love how you do that. We don't get that, do we? I don't have kids who come to me after every service and go, Pastor Kent, that was the best message I've ever heard in my life. I don't get that. Nor do I want that because I'm not looking for that praise. The only person I need praise from is God. I need him to tell me, hey, that was a good job. That's the only person. Here's the last one. To become humble, pray for your enemies. God, pray for your enemies, people who persecute you. Jesus did it. Uh, in high school, I was a pretty, pretty cocky kid. Um, and I would tell people, my mom can attest to this, I would tell people, I'm not cocky, I'm confident. You can be confident and humble at the same time. Here's the thing, though, I was wrong. I was only confident in myself. I wasn't confident in my Lord and Savior. First Peter 5.5 5 says this, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We gotta stop being proud of ourselves. We gotta start being humble. Point number two is this repentance is the second step to healing. Pastor Kent, did you just say the word repentance? That's a bad word. That means I've messed up. That means I've done something wrong. But what I just did, that's not that's not terrible. It's not the worst sin I've committed. I don't need to repent. We need to stop looking at this word repentance as a bad word and start looking at it as a grace-given word. It is a good word. Guys, we are, we are, you should be thankful that we serve a God who wants us to repent, and he forgives us when we do so. It said in, the, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it said, and turn from their wicked ways. What does that mean? It means repent. They have to repent. When we repent, which means we're turning our hearts. We're saying, Jesus, I, st- I stop what I'm doing. I'm going to repent. I'm going I'm to ask you to forgive me, and I'm going to turn and get right back on track. I have the definition of repentance. Um, I brought that so it makes me look smart. To turn from sin and dedicate oneself to amendment of one's life, to feel regret or contrition, to change one's mind. Guys, when we repent, uh, before we repent, we're heading in one direction, right? But when we repent, we say, God, I'm going to turn a 180. I'm going to head back in the direction you want me to go. When we repent, we turn our guilt into forgiveness. We turn darkness into light. We turn hate into love. We turn not having a purpose because we're so lost to repenting and now having a purpose for our life. Acts 3.19 says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be stored away. Oh, no, it says wiped away. God, guys, God doesn't hold on to your sin. He doesn't hold on to it and keep it in a little box up on the shelf so when you do sin, he can remind you of all the sin that you, create, that you did before. It's not the God we served. God wipes it away. And I think so, so much we think that we serve a God who, who hates us. He doesn't hate us. He wants to love you. He wants to have a relationship with you. How do we have that relationship? Through prayer. So important, guys. You know, God uh, commands us to ask. When we go to prayer, what are we doing? We're asking for things, right? And he says in this John 16, 23, 24, he says, at the time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, that direct line. When we pray, when we humble ourselves, when we repent, we have a direct line to the Father. And he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Who wants abundant joy? I do. In a world so broken, 
Guys, there's a lot of people out there. Their minds, they're, they're so far gone. They, the world is broken today. The world needs prayer more than ever right now. More than ever. It's important. But Jesus says this, we can ask for anything. He doesn't say everything. He asks for anything according to God's will. Guys, I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of times in my moment where I've done what kids want to do. I tell you right now, it's never, it's never worked out. But when I started changing how I thought and how I wanted to strive after what God wants for my life, things turned to so much better. They, 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 it's a promise from God. He wants you to want what he has for you. Uh, he had a plan for my life. I was uh, offered a, a children's pastor here in Tulsa, and I, was, I, wa- I accepted it. I wanted to be a kid's pastor because I felt that's what my calling was. And it was. And that was the plan he had for me. He's had it in a different location. And I didn't know that at the time, but I followed him anyways because I trust God. I prayed with God. I know his heart. And I had to follow him. So he had the same plan for me, just in a different location. But here's what I love. When you pray and ask in Jesus' name, that's very important. We have to say in Jesus' name. You get instant access to the throne. Here's point three. Getting others to pray with you is the third step in healing. I love how direct the Bible is, and you're about to see how direct it is. It's so easy. James 5, 14 through 15 says this. Are any of you suffering hardships? Is there anybody today who's, who's going through some stuff? I'm going through some stuff. I'm not perfect. We all go through stuff. But it says here, are, you, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. If you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. This, this verse spoke to me, guys. It's so simple, so plain. God is so good to us to give us a simple, plain message. I think sometimes we overcomplicate a lot of things in the word. We're like, well, I don't understand that. Well, God makes it really easy right here. Are you, are you suffering? You should pray. Now, it doesn't have to be the elders of the church. Okay? It can be. You've got a lot of great elders in this church. You've got Pastor Dan. He's an incredible man. And I'm sure he would love to pray with you. But sometimes Pastor Dan's not always available, right? So who do we pray for? Who do we ask to, to, to pray for us? Your family? Your friends? People who believe in God? Who believe that Jesus took stripes on his back for a reason? That you could receive healing? He didn't take those stripes for no reason, guys. It wasn't because he wanted to and it was fun for him. He did because he wanted to give you healing. So who's, who can you trust to come pray for you? Who's in your corner? I know who's in my corner. Do you know who's in yours? Matthew eight nineteen says this, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning things you ask, my Father in heaven will do for you. Guys, it takes two. Just two. Yes, you can pray for yourself. God wants to have that, that relationship with just you. But guys, the more people you get to pray for you, God's there. It says it right here. So find some people who are like-minded and pray for you. Find people who are in your corner, who want what you want. Is it God's will for healing to take place? Absolutely. So find some people who believe in that. A couple uh, months ago, my son Jones and I were uh, 
we were in Target, and uh, we just got done with his swimming lessons. And he's 18 months. He's back there in the back now. Hopefully, I mean, I don't hear him crying, so it's a good thing. But he, uh, he just got done with swimming lessons. We're in Target. I'm pushing him in the cart. We're having a good old time, just me and him. And uh, I get to the checkout aisle. We're about to check out. And I, I you know, his passy, his passy, his pacifier drops to the ground. And I know that that's not a, that's not a good thing because Kaylee gets onto me when his passy drops on the ground. We got to clean it. It's a whole ordeal. So I'm like, five second rule. So I reach down real quick, real, real quick, and I pick it up. And by the time I come back up, he, his eyes had rolled to the back of his head. He's in complete locked up. He's like shaking. Guys, this is the scariest moment of my life. I'm a new dad. Here I am by myself. My wife's not with me. And my son has locked up and he's having a seizure. I didn't know that at the time, but he's locked up. I quickly get him out of the, out of the cart. I start scooping his mouth because I'm like, maybe he's choking on something. His lips are turning blue. I don't know. I've taken a few CPR classes. I'm not the greatest at it. Don't come to me if you're choking. But I was like, I, I got to figure, I know what to do. I push on his stomach. I'm trying to do CPR. Nothing's working. He's still shaking. In that moment, I turned to the lady behind me. I'm like, please call 911. I'm in the middle of Target. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm asking for a doctor in the house. I'm asking for any nurses. And praise God, two uh, ICU nurses came running to, him, to me. And they immediately take over for him. And while they're taking over for him, uh, a lot of things come to my head. And they're not good. I see Jones dying right here in the middle of Target. I see me having to tell my wife and call her and tell her that our son's dead on my watch. I see the funeral. I see um, him going into the ground. I see all these things flashing my head real quick. And in that moment, I had given into my flesh. I had given into what the enemy wanted. He wanted me to see those things. But because I have a relationship with Jesus, because I pray and I know who he is, because I have both bridges, one for my native tongue and one for my spiritual tongue, I knew in that moment what I needed to do. And it wasn't praying in my native tongue. Holy Spirit came rushing in, guys. He does it so sweetly. And he said, you need to stop and you need to start praying in your native tongue. Because when I started praying in my native tongue, I had no idea what I'm praying for, but God knew. And he just wanted me to obey. This is why it's so important to have those bridges, guys. You got to have a prayer life. And praise God, he came back to us. He had a febrile seizure, which I don't know what that was, but I'm going to give it to you guys anyways. It's, a, it's like a one and done thing sometimes. Sometimes he comes back, freaked me out. But he's alive today. And is it because of my prayer? I like to think so. Prayer is important. Matthew 4.23, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. God likes to heal people. Psalms 103.3 says, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Guys, there's not sins or there's not diseases and illnesses that God chooses to heal and there's not some that he chooses uh, to heal. They're all the same. They're all the same to God. Remember, 
healing comes when we pray in Jesus' name. It's not in my name. It's in Jesus' name. Now, there's times when healing can happen instantly. There's times where we pray and healing comes the next day. It comes the next month, the next year. But here's the good news, guys. Healing does come. It is a promise from God. I, guys, I'm still learning about God's love and his promises. And I know for a fact this is one I can stand on because it's all over the Bible, all over Jesus' ministry. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. He does not change, guys. That's the good news today. We serve a God who doesn't change. He wants a relationship with you. Here's my last thing. Here's, here's my challenge for us today. I think it's good to be challenged. God doesn't make us sick. Doesn't make us sick. But what he does is he uses our sickness to get our attention to correct us, to redirect us, to get us back on the path. You guys ever been off the path before? I have. I hate being off the path. (laughs) But God quickly redirects me. Uh, I had an ulcer uh, last October. It was a bad ulcer, like really bad. (laughs) Thought I was going to die. Really did. Called my wife. I was like, this is serious. You need to get here as soon as possible. And, uh, I was, I was at the moment where I was like, God, if this is it, like, I'm ready. Because that's how I felt. Like, I really thought I was going to die. And he showed me some things. He showed me that my diet was terrible, that I needed to get closer with him, that I needed to spend more time with him. He showed me all that because of this thing that the Satan was trying to hurt me with. How many of you guys know that when what the enemy means for evil, God turns to good? Every time. Let me ask you a question. Has, has, he never, has God never been there for you? He's always been there for me. Why? Because he knows me. He has a relationship. I have a relationship with him. And it's only through prayer, guys. Through prayer and worship. Um, John eleven four 4 says this, but when Jesus heard about it, he, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that Son of God will receive glory from this. I look at sickness a little bit different now. I, if I'm sick, there's some things, yes, that I do that causes me to be sick. Maybe not take my medicine or, or what, but God uses my sickness now. I'm like, God, where are you showing me? How, show me where I, where I need to be better in. And so Every time I get sick, I'm like, how can you get glory from this, Father? Satan's trying to hurt me. How can you get glory? Joseph is addressing his brothers in Genesis 50, 20. He said to them, you intended harm for me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to a position so I could save the lives of many people. Joseph had a pretty hard go at it, right? Thrown in prison, lady trying to ruin his life. But God turned it all to good. In Philippians 1.12, we got Paul who's sick in prison. He's been beaten. People try to kill him. And he wanted to make sure God got the glory of it. And God did. So Philippians 1.12, he says, And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Even though Paul was locked up, God was still using him. God wants to use you today. To my older people in the room, 
Don't think God's not done using you. You guys got the most life experience. You got the most wisdom. Shows on the gray in your hair. That's a good thing. Don't let people tell you different, okay? But he's not done with you. You might be retired, but God's not retiring you. You guys hear what I'm saying? You still have a purpose and a plan. To those of you who feel lost today, God wants you to find him. He's there. He's waiting at the door. He'll show you the way out. Whatever situation you're in, he'll show you how to get out of it. He'll help you get back on path. You got to repent. You're heading this direction. Repent. Humble yourself. And he'll take you back on path. So those of you whose everything's feeling great right now, you're like, my life is good, Pastor Kent. Let me remind you today, when's the last time you gave God thanks for everything going good in your life? You gave him thanks for your car, for your house, for air conditioning, for the small things. It's nothing you did. It's God's done for you. When everything's going great in your life, man, what a great opportunity to, to tell people why everything's going great in your life. It's because of Jesus. Back to Paul real quick. He's, he's, in, he's in prison. And I think a lot of us would have found ourselves in prison going, God, what are you doing here? Why am I here? Paul's going around. He's, he's, he's helping people. He's uh, taking them back to Jesus. And he's being tortured because of it. People are trying to kill him. I think a lot of us have been like, God, what, what are you doing? Like, why am, why am I here right now? I could be doing so much more for your kingdom. But God was using him even though he was in prison. And here's what the Christians saw around. Uh, this is what they saw in Paul. They saw that he had joy in the midst of such trial. They saw God take care of Paul in such a circumstance. And they saw God use Paul even in his imprisonment. Do others see God moving in your life? When you are sick, when others are sick, are you there for somebody? Is someone there for you? It's not about us, guys. What Satan, what Satan means for evil, God turns to good every time. Every time. Remember what your bridge looks like. Maybe today you came in today, you're like, Pastor Kent, I don't even have a bridge. It's too late for me. It's never too late. Start working on your bridge today. Start working on your prayer life today. Humble yourself. Remember, you got to humble yourself. Go home, start praying. Open up the good book. God will show you. Have you repented? Have you told God, I'm sorry for what I've done? I repent in Jesus' name. Help me to get back on path. Are you praying with others? We have core groups at our church. Who's in your core group? Who's people that you can count on every single time? Something's not going the way you want it to go, who's the person you pick up the phone and call? Who's in your corner? And have you kept your faith? Have you kept your faith? Got to have faith, guys. It all starts with faith, right? Got to have faith that Jesus died on the cross for you. Get at that same faith, you can believe that Jesus can heal you when you pray. 
God loves you guys so much. But in order to know him, you have to have a conversation with him. You have to know who he is. In order to know someone is, who someone is, you have to have a conversation, right? God wants that conversation so bad, but you have to talk to him. You gotta have a relationship with him. Can you guys declare this with me today? You repeat this after me. Say, I will stand in the gap with prayer. God loves you guys so much. This is a challenge for not only me today, but I hope for you today. God loves you guys. Prayer is so important. You need prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for Abide Church, for what you're doing at this church, for the people that you've sent here, Father God. God, I pray for everyone that is here today, Lord, that they have heard your voice. Holy Spirit, speak to them. Fill them up. Remind them that it's not too late to start talking to you. God, you are a God who loves us, a God who heals us. God, we are reminded of your love this morning, of your grace. Help us, Lord. We need your help. God, you are so good. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.